Okay, we're here with Baby School Crusher, and we know it's dedication <laughs> time. So, Baby School Crusher, what would you like to dedicate this episode to? I have two people I want to dedicate this episode to. I'd like to dedicate it to my awesome partner, Marcus. If it weren't for his support, I would not be here today, and he helped me practice for this in the car yesterday. So, to get nice. me prepared for... You know, having a conversation with another person, not something right. that I'm too accustomed to, but I'd also like to dedicate it to my dad, Chris. He's a good guy. Love him very much. And he's like a father to me. I also like it to uh, dedicate this episode to my descendants over in Ukraine. Uh, so we are standing with Ukraine during this conflict. Definitely. Well, it's not a conflict, this invasion. How about yeah. that? All right, let's begin the show. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the St. Paul Filmcast with your host, Nick Palatichuk. Each episode, Nick interviews filmmakers and other artists from the Twin Cities area. I'm Carly Palillo, and thanks for listening, and thanks for finding us. Please give us a review, and feel free to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And now, lights, camera, action. All right, welcome back to the show, and today we have... Baby Skull Crusher. All right, where did you come up with that? Ah, uh, I was just trying to think of, like, a cool name. I was yeah. like, Skull, something with skulls, and then I was like, ooh, Skull Crusher is kind of badass. It so. sounds like a mini monster truck. That's kind of what I was going for. I'm a big Grave Digger fan, and I was Oh, you like, are? Yeah, yeah, right. we love Grave Digger. I was like, I think Baby Skull Crusher kind of sounds like some type of monster jam name, so I'm going to roll with that. If you can have it on your vehicle... Oh, I would. Yes. I absolutely would. Have you been to monster truck shows? Uh, not in a long time. I, it's probably been like 15 years, but when things get a little bit better, I, I'd love to go see Gravedigger. <laughs> he's, he's cute. I've never been to a monster truck one. You gotta go. I never, I, I should. I've been to dirt bike. Ooh, that I haven't been to. Dirt bike racing, which is a lot of fun. That does sound like fun. You just gotta... Establish your point at the race. Yep. Just kind of watch. I recommend a quarter. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> Cause sure. Because there's a lot of action, action at a quarter. Yeah. Yeah. And dirt bike racing. Yeah. I'm a big stadium food fan, so like nachos, that type of thing, and then just go like watch people run oh. over stuff. What could be better than that? Metrodome sucked, but they had dome dogs. I remember that. Dome I miss the Metrodome. It was not. I was at the one Metrodome game. It was a rainout. Oh really? It was a Twins game. It had to be like '86. That's wild. And the, the ceiling was leaking so bad that they had to stop the game and like, we'll come back tomorrow. This is actually Jeez. a rain out. <laughs> That's really wild. A domed game. It's like it's a rain out. Yeah. That's funny. They had issues with that dome, though. It's probably the, the Oh, that stadium had issues everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It was made on the cheap. How many times did that thing collapse? A few. Two times. Oh. And well, the last that's one a was, few. That's that two. was two. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you've been, you were at the Metronome? Yeah. I remember being a little kid and going there, and then I remember when it switched over. Um, and then I, I like the old um, Saints Stadium better, too. They were kind of oh, dirty. Oh, at the Midway. Yeah, they were dirty. They had more character. I liked it that way. It had a great um, – it was over by the railroad tracks. Yes. And so I love that you could wave to the – during the game, <laughs> the minor league team. And then there was twice that I was planning on going to the game. I bought tickets. This yeah. is like early 90s or mid-90s. I bought tickets. But tailgating was so god dang fun. Yeah. That you're like, oh, the game started. Eh, yeah. Meeting friends. Exactly. And, yeah. We got food out here. We're good. Yeah. But I used to work for the Saints. Oh, you did? Yeah. At the new stadium downtown. Oh, I used that's to work awesome. there for two summers. At, you said at the new one? Yeah. At the oh, new that's one. cool. It was a lot of fun. That's uh, awesome. You meet some famous people. Did you ever meet Bill Murray? I was about, what we're doing now is about five feet away from him. That's so exciting. We came unannounced. Okay. And he seems like the type to do he that. He just does that. He just has all access pass. <laughs> yeah. And um, he was actually just put on a hat 
and put on some sunglasses, and he was the ticket taker at the gate. And people didn't recognize him, which is kind of cute. That. Yeah. Like this, here's my, because when you go I mean, to he's a game. Just a guy. This is before electronic tickets. You yeah. You a paper ticket. And you just give the ticket taker your ticket. And you're like, and eh, it's one of those things, obstacles. You don't really look at the guy. Yeah, exactly. And he gets a chuck, he gets a laugh out of it. Isn't that kind of his thing, though? He's kind of an enigma where he'll just like show up places and uh, just kind of blend in. Like, doesn't he go like crash people's weddings and stuff? He does. I so he just does that when he goes to the game. He just probably hangs out in the dugout, too, once in a while. I love that. So I have a good story with him. I, I, how I got the job is, at working for the Saints is one of my good friends, Megan. She works there. Food, okay. Food place. And she told me a story about one time she had a, you could take a break when you worked there. Maybe like the fifth inning you could take sure. like a break. And, but she only could eat the food there. So she had like a, a thing of French fries. Okay. She, but, and he just came up behind her, took a French fry, <laughs> dipped in ketchup, started eating right in front of her face. Yeah. And she's just like what are you doing and she just he just said you know don't worry nobody's gonna believe you and walked away <laughs> what an honor oh my god that man is wild i love it yeah it's just it's that, that life that jesus has right just can go anywhere and interrupt <laughs> anything nobody's gonna believe you nobody's gonna, that's wild this is kind of true yeah. i do have another thing uh, my good friends nick and katie okay um they run alloy brewery up in coon rapids okay and we're just there um they're the ones that I used to be in a band with. Oh, cool. And um, she loves, of course, who else does? We all love Nathan Fillion. Okay. Yes. Yeah. From okay. From Serenity. Yeah. Yep. yep. Malcolm uh, Reynolds. Yep. From Serenity. And they had a chance to meet him to, for a photo pic at Comic-Cons. Um, Nick arranged it for her for her birthday. I love that. And she said, like, she just was like this little schoolgirl. Yeah. She's like in her 30s. And she just like her hands like peer on the, and he's yeah. sitting there right on the bench and and he, the first thing he says, like, that's okay. You can pretend to like me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I totally get that feeling, like, especially being at cons and even just, like, seeing people walk around. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, that's Jay Muse. And I get all nervous and stuff. <laughs> I totally get that. He frees up. Yeah. Oh, I, I was going to go meet Jay at Nerd and Out. And I was just like, oh, I got stuff to do. I'm too nervous. So I, <laughs> I wrote him a letter and brought it to his agent. <laughs> I was like, I'm too shy. Can you give this to Jay? And she was like, yeah, okay. And she's just like, what happened? weirdo <laughs> i always i use this line from clerks all the time when people when i'm a, just for my own amusement yeah so the scenario is my wife will ask my my dad like well so what are you doing this weekend and i'll interrupt going smoking weed smoking <laughs> weed doing coke doing coke drinking, <laughs> drinking beers drinking beers <laughs> and then they look at me but it's all for my own amusement yeah <laughs> yeah i love <laughs> oh i love jay i clerks is my probably one of my favorite movies I love it. Honestly, anything Kevin Smith view with Universe is just good. I got to laugh at it. I have a game today. And you think it was like an organized team. Yeah. But it's just a backyard. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I have a game today. And I, and I used to work at a video store. Okay. That was not, it was pretty much bigger than the one next to the gas station in the movie. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. And we did have a closet where it had some, the obscure ones in the closet. Yeah. It was like a size of a closet of mm-hmm. naughty movies. Okay. But I, I get a chuck out of that. Cause I like love that. I watch it now, it's almost nostalgia when it's yeah. like, oh my god, that's my life, just renting videos yeah. and behind the shelf. I mean, like even at this point, I was kind of like, geez, remember movie stores? Yeah. Oh yes, yes. I mean, like there's still a couple around. I know there's Video Universe and a couple of other places, but like they're really, I like Mr. Movies. I mm-hmm. miss that. I miss doing that Friday nights. I used to like. Well, I shared on my social media. I used to be able. I worked on a mama pop rental store. Yeah. It was inside of a mall. Okay. And I could dress grunge. Love it. And didn't have to wear shoes. I took my shoes off and just wore your socks because it's carpeted. 
Confirmed mall goth. Punch in a 10-hour day. <laughs> yeah. And just my, they were my friends, all the movies from the I 90s. Love that. Yeah. I love that. That sounds awesome. I think I shared before, but I had, when you work Saturday night, I had a core of guys that mm-hmm. would always come in like clockwork. Saturday, like, we close at midnight. They okay. would come in at like 11.55, stoned out of their mind. And they would rent like either Days Confused, Half Baked, Wizard of Oz, or Pink Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> Just the Wizard of Oz. I know. And they're like, you know, guys, why don't you just buy these? Yeah. I mean, you've racked up like hundreds of dollars renting them. And they're like, we would, but we always forget. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> so like Saturday night, oh, damn, did you buy that movie yet? No. Ah, I gotta go. I've definitely been there. <laughs> That's good. There's kind of a magic in going and doing in that, though. Because then if you buy it, you don't have a place to go Saturday night at 1155. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yep. it's about the adventure. Yeah. And they lived in the apartments, so they didn't have to drive. Yeah. So they just, you could just smell them coming in through the door. <laughs> and then I ran a poster racket. So movie posters. Oh. The, the store would just throw them smart. away. Smart. Yeah. But I had a notebook. And people always, like, the first thing, like, what do you do with that poster when you're done with it? I'm like, well, how much? Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, 20? I'm like, well, such and such said 25. Yeah. Want to go higher? All right, I'll go 26. And so I ran a racket. That's smart. And I got paid. So this was like, like my spending cash for college. Yeah, that's really smart. I sold a lot of I – mean, I, the one poster I regret selling was Event Horizon. Oh, that would have been cool to keep. I know. That would have been really cool. That was really culty when it came out yeah. already, yeah. And that poster and everything. And I think I sold it for – a guy really wanted it really bad. Yeah. Well, he must have known. I sold the Usual Suspects one. That was a high. That was that went high for bidding. What What was the most you sold one for, and what was it? Uh, Phantom Menace. Okay, okay. For that makes like sense. hundreds, somebody came I in and just that. right away, just like I yeah. want that poster for hundreds. <laughs> we actually ordered extra ones for Phantom Menace. Oh, that's it was smart. it was a little Anakin with the shadow of him being Darth Vader. That picture, that image. Honestly, I would have probably paid for that too. <laughs> that's really cool. It's kind of funny to think that people are actually camped out in parking lots of movie theaters when that movie yeah. came out. So you're like, I don't think you can recapture that. You're like two. Do people still do that? Is that a thing anymore? Or do you I just buy them so. online? You, just, you can have the patience to wait. Oh. Yeah. But then people will go see Meet Joe Black yeah. because the trailer was on that movie. So they go see the trailer for Phantom Menace yeah. and then they'll leave not finishing Meet Joe Black. Meet Joe Black made a bunch of movie because a Star Wars trailer was attached to it. That makes sense. <laughs> that make, that's so weird. It was a big deal. Well, that's cool, though. I, I yeah. love movie posters. I don't think I have any cool old ones. I have a couple of cool old concert posters, but no no, no cool movie, or Con- at least old ones. See, that's, you got, like, concert T-shirts, because yeah. your other job, you have that? Yeah, um, my, my, the record label I work for is based out of Oakland, so I don't get to go to, like, anything in person, but they, they try to get me some, like, cool flyers and cool shirts when they can. They'll just okay. ship it to me every now and then, but I have shirts from just going to stuff around here. So let's talk about your other job is record. You work for yes. a record label. Yep, I do social media and PR for Ratskin Records. It's an experimental label out of Oakland. Um, they're, they're they're pretty cool. They're on Bandcamp if you want to check them out. If you want to listen, if I remember, I think Chrysalis is from that area, Oakland and San Francisco. Chrysalis Records, that Huey Lewis and all that stuff. Oh yeah, that, yeah. honestly, so. it's a big music scene out there. There's a ton of good stuff like um, Lookout Records, all that good stuff. So right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And then, if you didn't know, Licorice Pizza was a record store. Yeah, I I still haven't seen that, but I did know that. I've looked up. I looked it up. It's it. 
that soundtrack is amazing, by the way. Hey, it has Peace Frog in it. Yes, it does. That's partly why I was willing to listen to it, because I was like, ooh, there's some Doors, there's some Bowie. This is good stuff. Yeah, Andy, my wife, knows I love Doors. So if you're going to put the music on the Doors in a movie, yeah. it's going to already be a top ten for me. Exactly. That's an automatic. And then she's heard that song. She's like, well, you like this movie. That's yeah. it. Yeah. No, exactly. Like, you, if you throw Jim Morrison on anything, I'm going to instantly be like, it's good. He's my boyfriend. I like everything he does. So based on – I have this conversation with somebody else. I'm going to ask you because I know you're a huge Doris fan. Yes. And um, my friend I critique movies with, Kyle Gothy, his wife, Jamie, is a huge Doris fan okay. too. She loves Doris too. And I asked her, I go, I think if he was still alive in the 70s, I think they would have went disco a little bit. I can Just based on Peace Frog. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. He, even the even Rolling Stones went disco in the mid. Yeah, that's so true. I'm and Kiss th- was disco too. Yeah. yeah, I think they would kind of do that little rock and roll, but very disco-y. I can of. absolutely see that. You know, they they got that funk sound. I can absolutely see that like translating over. And I think Jim would have been all about that. Oh yeah, he would have went to Studio Fifty Four. No, he, he would never leave. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, he would time not to have close. Left. I'm in the closet. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you if you wear leather pants, I'm willing to think that you're willing to get down with a little disco. Yeah, in the early '90s, there was a big. Even before the movie came out, there was mm. like a rena- rediscovery of the Doors. Okay. Which kind of the cat- Val Kilmer movie? But that was before the Val Kilmer movie came out. Yeah, there was yeah. like this huge like rediscovery of Doors, like people my huh. age. Okay. Like yeah, the door, and then yeah. like the book. I think memoirs came out, so the, all this stuff came out, and yeah. then the movie came out. That kind yep. of like boom. Yeah. The, is that the John Densmore book would have come out around yeah. then? Yeah. Yeah. I think I have that. I don't even think I've read it. I remember it. I my, I friend, have it. my friend rented out <laughs> Doors of Perception book just because. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is the, that's I, what they named their band from, the book yep, Doors of Perception. Yep, Doors of Perception. And isn't that like about, was that about doing acid? I can't remember what that book was about. <laughs> I don't remember. I think it was about like, didn't he like do acid? And he was like, oh, it opened the Doors of Perception. And then that's yeah. what they named the band after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was a cool cat. But he was a movie guy. He wanted yeah. to do movies before yeah. band. And so that's another tr- thing that translates well. I think people don't realize how he loved uh, movies. Yeah. And I think if he lived longer, he probably would do the own music videos yeah. as well. He'd that be part of that cool. culture of probably launching music videos. That would have been real cool. Because he, he really wanted to be a film director. He was really a man of the arts. Like, even his poetry, like, I know obviously that's close to writing music. But, like, even just his, like, books of poetry are pretty good. If, you, if you've been to the Rock and Hall of Fame listeners, there's a whole bunch of stuff of his childhood stuff, like yeah. his report cards, his outfits and everything. And there's even personal letters from his dad trying to tell him to get his act together because yeah. his dad was a military guy. Yep. I, I, I went there when I was 12 and I remember seeing all that stuff. I think they I think they do have a pair of leather pants there if I remember correctly. Yeah. Probably in glass case so you don't have to yeah. smell them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. Canonically, Jim Morin's, Morrison stuck a, stunk apparently, but we don't talk about that. But I think you're right. If you're working for record labels doing yeah. that, I think you have to do a pilgrimage to the Rocco Hall of Fame. Absolutely. I, yeah. I definitely want to go back now. It's obviously, it's been over, it's been almost 15 years at this point, but I just, all the new stuff that they got in there, and it's just good to go see the old stuff too. I know there's a misnomer in thinking that you have to be a, inducted in the Rocco Hall of Fame to have something. Oh, but, but no, right. but they have like stuff that, peop, new stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, can, you can be in it without like being inducted. They had the Dave Matthews traveling van in the studio when I went to see it. So this is early 2000s. Oh, that's pretty cool. And you got you could sit in it and everything, yeah. and you could get it still could smell like yeah. the horse's hash yeah. still. <laughs> I, rem- 
remember when I went, they had Willie Nelson's tour bus. It was a little streamlined thing, and it was pretty cool. Same thing, you could go in and walk around and everything, and that was that was pretty cool. It's, it's fascinating. They have yeah. pieces of Otis Redding's airport, uh, airplane that crashed. They have oh, the wow. B-52 wigs and outfits. And, I think I remember that. That's, yeah. that's cool. So for you, music-wise, you're pretty much open? Yeah, I, I, I like most everything with the exception of, like, free jazz i'm not crazy about but i'll I'll give anything a try i like a lot of it i do even like 90s country as we were discussing (gasps) earlier (laughs) i hate to admit it (laughs) doesn't sound punk but i do it's that it was almost like country went motown like they knew that if you got a riff it was catchy doesn't matter what you say exactly motown figured that out if you got a cool riff and it's catchy and sticks in your head then Yeah, yeah for sure yeah I like the I like the old outlaw country too, where they actually like tell a story instead of just talking about like there, that's know, my trucks favorite. and women. Yeah, yeah, that's my favorite. I grew up with Waylon Jennings. Yes, I think I morphed. I think I morphed when I was a kid, probably like three or four. Uh, that Waylon Jennings and Han Solo were the same person. <laughs> I can actually kind of see that. Yeah. Wow. Or maybe Han Solo was part of Waylon Jennings' band or something like that because they, you know, they wear the vests. That would have been cool. I kind of morphed it into it both outlaws. I like it. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So you still punk? One hundred percent. I'm all all East Bay punk, like the mid nineties where you know Green Day was kinda coming up off Vandals. Yeah, we all love the Vandals. Well they're very they're very tight punk band. People they think are. it's like punk band is just a mess. Yeah. A tight but Vandals are a tight band. Oh, they are. Yeah, yeah. no. Uh, Peace through vandalism. That's a good one. Hitler bad. Vandals good. I they really some of their albums aren't like my favorite, but they're 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 all good. Yeah. yeah, it's just that you know in the early '70s punk bands were just like just '50s songs sped up. Yeah, exactly. But that, that's <laughs> yeah. good that way. Like a lot of Screeching Weasel songs sound like that, where I'm like, oh my god, this almost sounds like a Beach Boys song, just a little thrashier. It's I like that though. Yeah, have yeah. you ever tried to do music yourself? Oh yeah, yeah. I play guitar, I play bass, I do keyboards, and I I do it in the privacy of my studio at home. I've never done anything <laughs> on a public front, but um, I'm actually for my business, I'm getting together some um. Uh, like beat packs so i'm gonna start making those and at least helping people on a production side of things so okay yeah so outside of of you doing working for the record label Mm -hmm. um what is baby crusher all about for creative point of view yeah so i i i've always done art on some level before the pandemic i was doing art shows where i would just you know bring a couple of paintings kind of like what we do now at conventions but just more art gallery focus yeah um and during the pandemic i was just like you know I got nothing better to do. Just just roll with it. Make a business out of it. So I, find, I started Skullcrusher Studio um, just so I could have a place to sell my art. I, I sell primarily online, and then I go to cons, stuff like that. So I do just on a retail front. I do more like stickers and prints, things like that. But then I also do custom work. I do custom paintings as well as custom tattoos. So your paintings, do you work with oil, I acrylic? I do a little bit of everything. I like, I'm like. Okay. i better with acrylic than I am with oil, but I like to throw in some oil for a little bit more texture sometimes. Okay, so it's yeah. like almost like mixed media. Exactly, yeah. I like. What? I love trying a little bit of everything. Like, I might not be good at it, but I'm willing to try. Like, watercolor, everything like that. Um, I like buying art supplies, I've noticed. So I think sometimes I'll just walk into a Michaels and I'll be like, that's on sale. I could try that. I, I When I was in college, my degree was fine arts. Okay. And so I had a watercolor instructor who was just a purest okay of the media like Ooh. you had to like certain water you had to buy the water like you couldn't run yes. it from the tap and then these certain watercolors you had to use in the right paper and he was just this yeah like a purist 
person like you you don't yeah it's like oh my I god i think i remember hearing you talk about this with tyler on his podcast i remember that and just being like yeah there are some people like that which is cool if that's how you operate when you create cool but there, yeah. you don't have to use certain water use arches paper it's like <laughs> just can i just have a day or just just go yeah can, <laughs> can i just use printer paper that's usually what i end up starting my <laughs> stuff on <laughs> watercolor is different from a lot of other medias which yeah. is really weird bizarre you go backwards so you go light then to dark yeah. you can't go dark then to light oh no because then you just have a big dark People brown think, piece of paper <laughs> yeah so you have to start really light yeah. and see how dark you can get exactly it, which a lot of films you have to really light it up and see yeah. how dark you want to go yep. so people like think oh he darked it but yep. actually they probably started with a bunch of lights and like all right get rid of that that and that yeah. so you always have to do subtraction especially with like photography if you do photography yeah how bright is it before we go exactly dark, you know? yeah so you do photography as well uh very unprofessionally i have a really nice camera so i just honestly i just take pictures of my dog (laughs) that's really what that is i'll just be like it's a pretty day out and you're really cute let's go get some pictures of you so you always been creative kind of a thing yeah yeah for as long as i can remember and you know sometimes you go through periods of time where you're like i'm not good at this i'm gonna i'm gonna take a break for a while but i've always come back to it so it's it's definitely it's been a big part of my life always so with paintings, watercolors, uh, mixed media stuff, yeah. working promos, I'm almost like in part of this really creative environment. Yeah. And I get the impression like if you're not creative, if there's a time and a day that you're not doing creative, it's going to drive you nuts. For sure. And yeah. I think as someone who's generally, I, I, it's, it's sometimes it's, it's hard to want to do the things that you're even passionate about. You know, if you're depressed, if it's just a not a good day, sometimes it's hard to be like, I'm going to go make myself sit up and go paint something. I just yeah. even, I've, I've gotten into digital art recently. I got an iPad at the beginning of the pandemic and that's, that's been crucial for me because then you can just you know you can kick it on the couch and watch tv and bang out a drawing it's always it's nice there is always i think with a lot of creative people there's always a sense it's the wrong word to think about all lazy yeah but it's like it's hard to feel that way it's hard to like get your gears going so if i have a page working on right now i've been and i know i have to get back and i know i have to get back to it yeah. But there is a steps of maneuvering to get back to that process of starting. Yeah. You can't just start cold. And no, I think anybody yeah. who's creative knows what I'm talking about. You yes. can't just like, all right, pick up a pen and get back to it. Exactly. So like where mindset was, what am I thinking about? Yep. Where are we going next? So you think, oh, okay. So, exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm working on a commission right now that I have been for way longer than I'd like to admit. The person said take their time, and I'm going to take full advantage of that. But there are times where I'm like, oh, I really need to just go get that done. And then I'm like, but you don't want to force yourself when you're in the wrong mood. Like, exactly. Nothing good is going to come of that. You're just going to get frustrated and wreck it. And then the opposite end of that spectrum is when things are going really well yeah. and things are just like pouring out, you almost feel like you're just a vessel of just something, a force. Yes. You really need to take a break from there because you're going to think, you're going to go back and like, what the hell was I doing? No, right. Yeah. You got you to toe that line. You got to figure out how to rein it in for sure. But yeah, yeah, it's just, sometimes it's just hard to get going, man. And you're sitting there and you're mad at yourself because you're like, well, you're not doing anything. You're doing something <laughs> with your time. So, I'm only laughing because I, I know exactly. No, everyone gets that. If you're yeah. a creative you absolutely get it but then you're like oh, i don't want to force myself art should come naturally and then you're just you just end up sitting there all day <laughs> that's mm-hmm. at least what i do um one of my i will share a film perspective is yeah. billy wilder is a famous director writer he did a, a massive amount of great films he's okay. one best director and his writing is really well and you think that somebody like that will can be able to just do it automatically and just 
no problem with it. But with his last film he ever did was called Buddy Buddy with Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau. Okay. They've done movies together before with like Fortune Cookie and stuff like that. Sure. But it was such a failure. And it was, it was so bad that he quit doing films. He was like, I lost it. Yeah. I don't have it anymore. And after doing films from the 50s, like some like it hot and everything, in the 80s he did Buddy Buddy and it was such a bad experience he just quit doing movies. It was so bad that Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau stopped making movies together. It wasn't until somebody approached him, maybe want to do grumpy old men and try again yeah that they did it well that it was turned such, out well and it turned out well yeah but they're like maybe the magic is gone yeah yeah, is, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to point of view that some people who do hit home runs whatever everything they do can hit a mark yeah yeah and that's the sucky thing about that is you gotta accept the fact that like you can't hide from the failure because like i was talking about you know if you're in a bad mood or feeling off that day maybe you're avoiding doing it because you know you don't want to mess up what you're doing or you <laughs> I, I, me personally, I hate doing something that I'm not proud of. Like if I, I crumple it up and throw it away immediately, but sometimes you just got to sit with the failure because you grow from it. Or do you ever have the perception like this page really sucks? And yeah. then somebody's like, oh, that's awesome. I love Shut it. Up. I was like, you're lying. This is horrible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I really didn't. It's like, what? <laughs> no, exactly. I'll be like, no, shut up. It sucks. You don't know what you're talking about. I have to like it in order for me to be comfortable with even doing anything with it. So I, I appreciate that. And maybe it is fine from someone else's perspective. I'm just being pretentious and very critical about my own work. When I work with students a lot of times, and I would be assistant for classes, art classes, and I'd work with teenagers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The first thing I really want to do is break them out of the what I call the the, the covenant. Yeah. So they usually drew the artworks of how, how far their arms reach so they can cover it up so nobody's watching yeah. and they work really small. Oh, I remember that. So you're like, <laughs> please, I don't want anybody to know what I'm doing, but yeah. I want to do it. And then I try to, the first step I try to do is break them out of that yeah. notion. Work bigger, be bolder, be daring, you know. And I always, for my first lesson, I always teach art students is you have to exaggerate where you're going to exaggerate. And they don't really get that yeah. at first. I think a lot of people like that's where you have to do. People understand where they watch movies, read books, paintings, everything. Where's the exaggeration? Yeah. It's not going to be exactly real. And so I, if it's somebody's face, like if you're doing comic books, like every person I do has to have one signature exaggeration. Whether yeah. it's their nose, their eyes, and something, their hair. So you know that that's person. Yeah. yeah. So be comfortable with exaggerating yeah and that's hard because it's like how do you how do you implement that how do you do that without ending up hating it later it's just it's it's just a lot to wrap your head around it's so many moving parts and especially like the self-hatred element where it's like everything i do sucks oh my god i'm a fraud they're gonna figure out i'm a fraud (laughs) yes every single day yeah god sometimes i'm like I, I started my own business. I, I have people who've bought my work before, but I still suck, and people are going to find out someday. And it's just like, oh, shut up. She's a fraud. Yes. Yeah, it's almost like you put a yard sign out in front. I'm a fraud. Yeah, absolutely. And then I think to myself, I'm like, no. the more you think this, the more you're going to exude that, and then you actually will be a fraud. So just shut off those intrusive thoughts. But yeah. sadly, brains don't work like that. No. We, well, we know from psychology that yeah. you, you a person's average human brain has, like, 30 different thoughts in a minute. That makes me and just shudder. <laughs> over half of them are negative. Yeah. So if you think about it, in one minute, your brain has always established 16, maybe 15 negative thoughts about yourself. Yeah. And think about that going five minutes, maybe in an hour. And people with depression, that's over. So yeah. they're constantly going negative, 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 negative. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And I always say people battling depression, it's it's you're just getting the wrong memo. Yeah. You're getting wrong information the entire time. You're not a fraud. Your anxiety is the fraud, 100%. Yeah. You're, it, I, I have to say, it's it's not a punking, but it's like, what's the mail today? You're an idiot. Well, <laughs> if yeah. you, even though that's a joke, but you can't really get fed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. No, I as someone who has OCD and deals with like intrusive thoughts and is a little pickier than the average person about things especially when it comes to myself it's just all day long it's just like you're doing this wrong you're doing this wrong you're a fraud eh. you suck it's almost like you yeah you listen Go it's home, almost like a freak. game sh- it's a game where you <laughs> what's the answer eh. yeah exactly wrong. Wrong. yeah and it's constantly fed into you just give up all that kind of stuff but yeah. you, you just have to remember that those thoughts really aren't real you can be critical of yourself you can want to yeah. be better but you don't suck not always at least and it's kind of hard because people kind of they just oh i have my ocds today yeah and Ugh. it kind of cheapens it for people who i have yeah. worked with i work with kids who've had ocd and it is not something that they want to wear on their back no. <laughs> like it's not a, like a hey i'm new i have ocd but it's a yeah. it's a difficult process because you're constantly i gotta get my homework done yeah and you know i gotta get my homework done like, damn, did I leave the stove on? <laughs> yeah, no, totally. And yeah. like people, I think people, like you said, it, it definitely cheapens it because people will be like, oh, I need to hang all of my clothes facing in the same direction. I'm so OCD. Do I have quirks, if you will, that are like that, where I like things being neat and tidy? Absolutely. Yeah. I do. Everything has to have a home. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I have to know where it is. And if I put it somewhere where it's not that home, I will forget about it forever. Um, but I, I definitely like to have things orderly. That's how I've always been. But it's OCD is so much more than that. Like the intrusive yep. thoughts, the just all that stuff. It's it's not cute and quirky like people think it is. No, I've had a, I worked with I won't name his name, and I worked with a student for a long for three years who had a high OCD yeah. and ADHD, and they spent many years him and his family and trying to find the right medication, the right mm. balance, because that's a struggle too. Yeah. And they finally got it to his last semester in high school where I sat with him and he goes, he had a panic attack. And I was like, well, it's normal. He goes, no, I only have one thought in my head and that's scary. Yeah. And he thought he was dying. Oh. He thought his brain shutting down. I Poor go, no, this is, this is normal. Yeah. They found the right, this is normal. They have one thought in your head. Yeah. Because he's jumbling like three or five or six at a time. Mm-hmm. And just to be able to calm, he thought everything's calming down that, the world's shutting down. Yeah. He goes, my brain's dying. I was like, no, this it's is scary. This is, this is right. It took, and, and after that, it took about a week of just recovering the new yeah. transition because everybody talks about post-traumatic stress mm-hmm. from war, but that's also relevant to changing of personality and events. It took him a long time just to recover having one thought in his brain. Yeah. I, I can imagine. Because he missed it. Yeah. He thought he's, I'm now dumber. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that is that is a good way to put it. But no, as someone who also deals with, I guess I'll put it as non-combat PTSD, people hear that word and they're like, uh, did you Why? serve? And it's like, well, no, you know that you can get trauma in places other than war. And to some people, certain traumas might seem minor, but it's yeah. still trauma. It's long lasting and, and it impacts the course of your life. Yeah. I'm actually, before we go to break, I just want to let you know, I am actually in the process of recovering from a harsh concussion I endured in September oh. from playing old man hockey. Oh, I got scary. hit on the head with a helmet. And just like a concussion, I didn't, the symptoms didn't come in until like a couple of days later. Oh. So it's on top of my head. And nobody touches your top of your head. Yeah. Nobody ever, like, <laughs> you touch everything else on your body. Yeah. Sometimes more than you really need to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
And then I was getting chronic tinnitus. Like, oh, and I was yeah, like, where, I the, hell, talking about where that. the hell is this coming from? Yeah. And then we did an ear test. I'm like, well, you are losing your hearing very aggressively. I was like, okay, maybe that. And she goes, it will go away. It did not go away. It got worse. Oh. Until we figured out that I was not treating. I had an injury on top of my head. It's like a massive bruise. And so that took up all the muscle mass in my head and oh my probably gosh. like lifted all the muscles. So it's like the ears were, everything was tensed up. Well, you can't see the top of your head. How would you know anyway? And so I was like, oh my God, that's what it is. Yeah. And so we started aggressive icing. We brought down Good. the temperature. Now I'm at the point where it's a background noise. Okay. So it's like, well, that's better. Sounds but... like an air hose going on right now. Oh my gosh. Which is nice because it's not in front and center. Yeah. But I've been dealing with it all winter. And I oh. that's, that's harsh recovery because I was like, wait a minute. What's, it's not there. Yeah. Am I cured? No. Oh, oh and then it comes crazy. back, and then you get it comes back, and you're like, "Damn it!" Yeah. You keep it. Oh my gosh. Well, so, I'm glad you're doing better. I hope you keep getting better. Because I that, told my that wife, does not sound like I that. would rather have like my arm cut off than deal with <laughs> chronic tinnitus, yeah. screw, screaming tinnitus all day long. Well, you can't escape it. No, you think you can run away, and there it is. Yeah. So I would have to take like three cold hot showers a day just to have oh. different noise. I would stand by the faucet and let it run just to get away from it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then finally we figure out what it is. That's now it's kind of, now we're at, yeah. we're about, we're close to recovery. Well, good, good. So You'll I'll, get there soon. We'll get there soon. All right. Uh, we're going to take a short break and back with Baby Skull Crusher. I want to talk about Baby with Four Cans when we come back. Yes. Hey, good. everybody. This is Kelly Reynolds, and I'm the host of Boobies and Newbies, the podcast that asks novice romance readers to think outside the dick in a box. Join me for a new episode every Friday as we review romance novels with non-romance readers. From the sweet, loving, fairy tale romances of the Highlands. Who cares about up against the wall by the fruit (laughs) trees? Like, where's the dragon? Inside the belly of a dragon. To the naughty erotic threesomes with navy seals. Sex was a 10. I mean, you cannot get any better than this book. Come on, you guys. Really. We read it all. Check us out at Boobies Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Listen to previous episodes on any podcast streaming platform. You can also support Boobies and Newbies on Patreon.com for lots of bonus booby content and early episode releases. Hi, this is Two Girls on a Bench, the podcast. So we're two writers who tend to procrastinate just a bit. We like to snack. We like to talk. We don't have time to write, but we have time to do this podcast. We certainly do. Join us on the bench. Listen in. At number two, Girls on a Bench. Welcome back. And now more with the show. All right, we're back with Baby Skulls Crusher. So what's this image with a baby with four cans? It's, it's prominent with all your accounts. You're already laughing describing I'm it. I'm wondering if Dennis told you to ask me that question. Um, Dennis Volgan? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's been on the show. Yeah, he's he's fascinated with Fork Baby. He actually, mm-hmm. I put out a thing where I was he like, He loves hey. to tease the hell out of me, too. He's a funny guy. He's he, he gives me he gives me a hard time, and I don't mind. I, I'll no, he gives you a hard time, too? Oh, for sure. Oh, I thought it was the only one. I thought it was oh, stealth, sorry. Stealth that was special. I retract that. You're special. <laughs> 
I've never spoken to that man in my life. Um, no, he he. What were the fork baby? Ba- thing. Fork baby with fork hands. <laughs> yeah, he 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 loves the fork baby. He's a big fork baby fan. Um, I don't know. I I was going through my iPad and going through old artwork that I had done, and that was one of the. I actually did a whole painting of fork baby. Yeah. I was like, that's kind of an interesting. Then it has concept. a life of its own. It's almost he gave birth yeah. to it. Now it's kind of life of its own. Thing. I was on a lot of drugs when I did that painting. That was an oh, old were? one. Yeah, I was, and I'm I'm sober now, and I was like, oh, I. I could maybe I could just make something out of that and so I did a little quick sketch of it and I was like that's fork baby and that's part of my brand all right we can find it on social media and you can make t-shirts out of it I'll definitely yeah I'm going to be eventually there's a, yep. there's a, I think everybody has a story to it of their own little narrative yeah. about what's going on yeah like the, that's the it's a baby with fork, fork baby though yeah, yeah. I think I was on well it's not going to starve no exactly exactly <laughs> fork baby is self-sufficient we love yeah. fork baby fork baby feasts on the flesh of man. Well, now that you kind of told us the whole history of it, it reminds me of the famous comedian Bill Hicks. Oh, okay. Where he's like, hey, if you're against drugs, go home and all the records you have, just throw, throw them away. <laughs> and don't listen to radio stations every because everybody that made albums that you love and yeah. endear and inspire you were really high on drugs. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, one, of, one of my favorite comedians is Mitch Hedberg. I don't know if you know this. He's from East St. Paul. Oh yeah, we knew that before. Yeah. We, we, my wife and well, and my wife and I went to see him, and he opened up for Dave Attell and Louis Black. That is cool. And it was one of the best shows ever. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine. Because he came out and he goes, "Hey, I'm from St. Paul, Harmar, class of '95." I love <laughs> which that. is a mall. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Um, no, he's at, he's in my dad's yearbook. I, I remember one time I was oh, looking through there. Though. Yeah, Harding, and I was like, yeah. "That is Mitch Hedberg," and he was like, "Yeah, yeah I just went to school with him," and I was like. Dude, that's a big deal. And he was like, he was kind of a dork. I was like, D- I mean, I can imagine, but no, yeah. that's super cool. My, one of my favorite Mitch Hedberg lines is, um, I used to do drugs. I still do, but I used to, too. <laughs> Just that always gets me. <laughs> well, he, he made some appearances on that 70 show. Yes. And he talked about during stand-up. He goes, yeah. I, you know, for, you couldn't do real pot for the show, so you yeah. gave you some fake pot. <laughs> but a guest show... Uh, was uh, Peter Frampton came on to be a guest appearance. So yeah. I was smoking fake pot with Peter Frampton. <laughs> and I have to tell you, that is not as cool as smoking real pot with the fake Peter Frampton. <laughs> that is funny. I, I love Mitch Hedberg. We all miss him. Mm-hmm. He was so, right. Yeah, he was, he just, was hysterical. And he, I, I had an interview with his girlfriend, and she got frustrated because they had a, they were having serious conversation, you know, about the relationship and everything. Yeah. And then his brain's like, oh, that's a good joke. And she's like, God dang it, I'm trying to. <laughs> and that's what his mind was all the time. Like, oh, yeah. I gotta... and he wrote that down. No, oh, back to the real conversation. <laughs> that's a real comedian, though. Right. Yeah. 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 For sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I applause for anybody that could do stand up comedy. That is an art Definitely. form that is, people think, oh, you're funny doing stand up. That's still, you could be funny. Yeah. But the discipline and you know the rhythms and cadence of how to be a stand-up comedian. Yeah. That is You got to know art. how to execute on that for sure. Yeah. Are you going to ever try to inspire to do like writing, like a book, novel, screenplay? Definitely, yeah. yeah. I'd love to do something like that. And I just, I, I have so many like spinning plates right now that I'm just like, I'm just going to like bring one project to a conclusion or at least at a yeah. place where I can kind of stop and then maybe pick something else up. Cause that's all, all of us, right? Yeah. We always see the mean of like a new artwork and then the yep. guys looking like, Ooh, yeah. and then something working on five years. Like, what? Yep. Exactly. No, that's exactly how I feel about it. But like, no, I just, my mind, I have so many things that I want to do and I'm just like, I really like we were talking about earlier. I got to rein it in, get something oh. to a place where I can maybe stop for a little while and, or permanently and then maybe come back to it eventually. But like, 
I, I would just start too many stuff if I just rolled with like everything that came into my brain. Well, we're, when we took a break, and I was telling you that I used to be a football referee. Yes. And I talked about how it helped me be more disciplined. Yeah. Because when you have a you're refereeing a game with twenty thousand people, and it's they pump up the energy. In fact, it's not supposed to be boring. Yeah. It's supposed to be intense. Exactly. Players, coaches, the audience, and you're supposed to just keep it calm yeah. the entire time. For sure. And I've done, I think, doing that so many years that I have been able to do that with my artwork. We'll get there. Yeah. I got the inspiration. I'll write it down. Yes. But we're focusing on this right now. My notes app is yeah. wild. I have to write it yeah. down because I, I, I want to do it, but I got to write it down so I can come back to it because I will I will forget it in the next five minutes if I don't write it down. <laughs> be like, God, that's a great idea. This is going to be like my, my life's work. Wait, what? <laughs> and I just forget what it was. But I think you have the temperament for some great writing material thank you because you it's think people think like the structure of writing needs to be boring but i think the process is so interesting people can have that like finnegan's wake where it's almost like what the hell's going on yeah exactly it's like three throwing thought yeah that's interesting because you just go you just go go no i I definitely i love to write i just putting it it doesn't it doesn't have to be in a story form or anything like that but putting it in something that would be a little bit more like palatable for another reader is just something that I need to take the time to do and I have not yet but I would like yeah. to well it's something that Hemingway fought for himself for years because he would like to do long-winded and it yeah it was working with newspapers that you short bursts of sentences yes. will be effective that's and it's one of I the would. first ones <laughs> right we were talking about yeah. um writing breakup letters as high schoolers <laughs> earlier when we were on our break and I was just thinking like I wrote some of those and they were not concise at all you gotta make sure it's written out very clear yes. <laughs> you cannot leave any loose ends you literally that this the point of it is to tie those ends and i just i'm I'm very i'm very long-winded for sure right you like to take what i i call it you like to take the scenic route yes that is let me tell you a story of why i'm breaking up with you i'm going to give you an itemized list with bullet points (laughs) yeah no (laughs) that is definitely how i work all right and you retain things remember this yeah yes i that happened four months ago i retained it i can go longer than that i i promise you yeah no that's for sure yeah. I, I i have an alarmingly good memory it gets the best of me sometimes but i think it's i'm not trying to be generalized no, but i think it's fine. been as well established that females can retain things far more oh, for sure than men do oh definitely and it's not just a sexist thing i think men just it's not interesting yeah details and there are women love details yeah. the yes. details there are men who can do it, and there are women who can't, that's for sure. But I think, yeah, not to generalize, but I think across the board, that is kind of how it is. And my wife gets mad because I can retain a lot from movies. Yeah. But what did we eat last night? Um. See, I have the benefit <laughs> yeah. of both. I can be like, oh, here's a quote from Mallrats that I, is so old, but like I can also remember, like, hey, remember that thing you did to me? <laughs> not, not always a good thing. <laughs> I remember Mallrats. I, I think it was filmed rest. here. Was yes. it filmed in here in Minnesota? Eden Prairie Mall. Eden Prairie Mall. Yep. Right. Yeah. It it if you go on the Eden Prairie Mall, we actually went a couple of months ago just to walk around and see what was the same from the movie. Yeah. The like area do you remember the like game show part of the movie? Yep. That oh, part yeah. is exactly that well not exactly, but pretty much the same, but there are there none of the layout of the mall is the same. I have a thing for um old malls. I love old malls. Like in the movie like in the eighties where yes. that's where you went? Yes, exactly. Yeah. I'm I'm a mall rat. <laughs> through and through for sure like maplewood mall i don't know if you ever oh, go there but like that's like you such should a... have just been born in the 80s because that's where you went i know and i hate it when people are like oh my god i'm an old soul but like i really do think that i would have thrived 
Yeah, because that was the yeah. cool place to go. Yeah. And then your mom, your parents would just drop you off. Exactly. And you just cruise the mall. And you have a couple quarters in your pocket. You go get like a slushie or something like that. A big pretzel. Oh, my God. Yeah. Now I'm thinking about mall pretzels. And then you go to the record place. Yes. And then you, then you see somebody you hate and you like try to like scoot the <laughs> aisles like, oh, did you Did you know that yeah. the um, FYE is still a thing and there's a brand new, hold on, it's a brand new FYE uh, in the Maplewood Mall. Really? Weird, right? Yeah. Very weird, but I'm about it. It's still weird, though. Yeah. Now I got to go there. Maybe I'm going to go there. It's a fascinating, I think I think if you watch 80s movies, like Chopping Mall. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Initiation is a horror movie, but the, the third act takes place all in the mall after closing. Ooh. Yeah. It's just one of those weird experiences because now I think we're transitioning we away from that. that because you will go to a location to buy things yeah. and to be seen yeah. and to <laughs> consume. Yes. But now we're ordering stuff. Yeah. Which before malls, that's what you did yeah. in the 1930s and the 40s. <laughs> you go on a catalog yep. and you order it and it got delivered to you. And then mommy's like, well, why don't we just build a place where you go? Yeah. And now you have a shopping mall. But I think. Eventually, it'll probably come back, but now we're so obsessed with just ordering and it comes. Well, let's hope it comes back. I mean, I, I like malls, but like before the pandemic, I was so much like, I don't like ordering online. Like, I go in person. I'm so cool. Yeah. But then, like, obviously, the pandemic happened, and now I've embraced probably more than I should ordering things online. But they're just the mall, like, nothing compares to the mall. Like, yeah, I love I, the mall. I don't think people grasp it because in '89, when Batman came out in the summer, and you couldn't order tickets in advance. Yeah, you go right. to the mall where the movie theater is. Yeah. And they say, well, we have tickets available for the 1 o'clock. Yep. And you're there at 10. Yeah. It's <laughs> so like, all right, we'll buy tickets for the 1 o'clock. What the hell are we going to do for two hours? Wander around. Wander around, right. And you then, go to the Hot Topic. You go to the Spencers. J.C. Penney's. Wagstock. I've been shopping at the same places for 15 years. That's, those are my regular places. <laughs> but my my wife and I, we were, there was a mall in West St. Paul called Sigma Hills. And okay. It had about 20 to 30 different stores. Ooh. And my wife and I will sit there, and we can retain where everything was. Yeah. Because we went there so many times. There yeah. was a chocolate store across the street from the J.C. Penney's. Yep. There was an ice cream shop in the middle. Back at the end, at the end was the jean, the denim store. It was all jeans. Yeah. It, was quite, it was like, that's where the jeans and the bookstore and everything. But you retain that. Yeah. yeah. No, I go to Maplewood now, Mall now with a friend, and I'll be like, that used to be a Forever 21, and see that store over there. That's where the Hot Topic used to be. Now it's over there. But before that, it used to be here. And they're just like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, this is important to know. But the gimmick is if you go to a really good mall. Yeah. Well, this is not a strip mall, but a really good mall, mm. like a mall. The seats are intentionally not comfortable. Okay. They don't yes. want you to be relaxed. They want you to be up and yep. moving. And if you notice, a lot of high schools that I've worked in, the seats in the hall are not comfortable. Oh. They don't want you to just chill out there. So you can sit down there, but it's going to be, uh, I don't want to sleep. Yes, because we yeah. want you to get to your butt in class. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I, I, yeah, now I might have to go to the mall after this and get a pretzel. And then sit by the plants. And the, the fake wa- plants, yeah. <laughs> the fake plants, yeah. Uh, Maplewood Mall has had the same, like, Muzak CD in their player for, like, the last 10 years. <laughs> so it'll be, like, Torn by, like, Natalie Imbruglia or whatever her name is. And then, like, what are the, I, I actually, I made a playlist on my Spotify that whenever I'm in the mall and I hear a song, I just add it to that one. Because it's been, it's so good. It's been the same music forever, like, Michelle Branch, all that stuff. It's, it's amazing which is funny because they probably intentionally made it so it's not mall music yeah and right. now it's mall music. yeah no it's it's 100 mall music it is 100 yeah. like retail 
music. Yeah. And I love it. So I, I, do you get like the jelly jewelry and like oh, we yeah. did the eighties and yeah. leg warmers? <laughs> yeah, I honestly that is my thing. That is what my <laughs> closet is. I, I was cleaning out my closet recently and I was just like there like I got like furry bucket hats, I got leg warmers, I got just weirdo jewelry that nobody Jelly shoes. Needs. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I absolutely have. You do? Shoes. Yeah. Oh my god. They're yeah. awful. They're miserable to wear. But oh, they're cute. a pain in the ass when you're a kid and you had to ride the bikes. I know from my sister telling me. <laughs> yeah, that is 100 percent true. Yeah. And then like your feet are like sweaty, but like uncomfortable. It's just it's not a good time. But they're cute. Yeah, leg warmers. Yeah. Yeah, those two. Those are they're cute. They were cute, and just in case you were ready to go. Just in case you're ready to go dancing. I have no clue what purpose they served under any circumstance. It was just a fashion statement to know that you're ready to party at any time. Okay, ready to party. That's what that is? Dancing ready to go at any time. If you wore leg in high school, you just meant that at Friday, it's time to go. Oh, I thought that just meant you did like Jane Fonda workout tapes in the that privacy too. of your own home. Oh, okay. That so too. you have to feel it out depending on the person. Right, yeah. Okay, fair. That's like that's like you you knew you were a sports dude if you wore no fear shirts. Fair enough. In the nineties. <laughs> oh yeah, he's playing sports. He's wearing no fear. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wear arm warmers too. It's very emo of me. I love but it. I think when you went to school, eighties kind of bleeded in back a little bit. With junk uh, jelly jewelry, the junk jewelry, and the yeah. kind of the big loopy earrings and kinda of... That was more my middle school experience, I oh, think. Oh it was in high okay. school. I just all the girls at my school were like athletic gear. That was very much the thing, and it was weird if you didn't. Oh, boring. I know it was very plain, <laughs> and like I, th- I, I judge, but that's what I do. Yeah, yeah. No, and like I do what you want, do what you're comfy with. I, you go, girl. But yeah. like I fell into that too, and I just remember like talking with my friends. They were like, "Did you have an emo phase?" And I'm like, "I never got out of it. I just would go to school in certain clothes so people would leave me alone." <laughs> Like, that's what that was. Like, I had to, like, hang up my trip jeans and put on my Lululemon leggings and act like I was happy. Yeah, just act like you're happy. Yeah, exactly. I have a, a share of fashion of Leave Me Alone story. Okay. So I was flying to Texas. And when you're on an airplane, this is before COVID. This is five years ago, six okay. years ago. And I want to be left alone, too. Yeah. So I, I definitely did not shave. I looked scruffy. I wore sweatpants, yeah. which is the complete opposite. Usually when you went to the airport in the 80s, you want to put on nice clothes. You wear a suit and tie and everything. I noticed yeah. that's a thing because one time yeah. I went on a plane with my grandparents. They were like, you need to dress nicer. And I was like, I'm going to be sitting down for like yeah. two hours. Like what? But I guess that's a thing. Yeah. Because part of the transit, you know, there was a big thing yeah. in the 60s when it started, you know. But um, so I wore a sweatshirt. Yeah. Did not shit because I don't want to be left alone. Or yeah. sweatpants, brace sweatpants that had a stain on them and shoes. <laughs> but I had a window seat. Okay. So I got my seat. And this when there was the spot, nobody bought the ticket in the middle. But then the okay. aisle seat is very nice. And she was in her college age. Very attractive woman. Okay. Very dolled up. Very nice. I mean, she could have been on the cover of a swimsuit sure. thing. Very attractive. And she turned and saw what she's sitting next to, which was me. A six foot one scruffy, you know, with the sweatpants and the hood, yeah. face hoodie, sweatshirt. She saw. She put her knees up, put her hood over, pulled the strings, and just cocoon like, leave me the hell alone. And I was like, you're doing exactly what I want you to I'm do. I'm right there with you. I wasn't going to bother you anyway. That is funny. <laughs> I just I just exacerbate my resting bitch face, and I'm just like, leave me alone. People typically don't bother me. My wife has that personality where people bother at grocery store. She just she has that temperament, so like approachable, like, do you know where that is? Like, I don't work here. Yeah, right. yeah but you're not going to murder me. Yeah. I had a 
lady one day, I was in a Thrasher hoodie with like, okay, this is funny coming full circle here. I had McDonald's breakfast, like hash brown stains on it because I was eating it in the car before I went in. Like I'm in all black and I'm just like, I do not work at Target. I definitely don't work at Target. And this little old lady was just like, do you know where the Prilosec is? And I'm like, I don't work here, but I know. So I'll just take you over there. I got some of my purse. Here you go. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely done that before too. Oh, that's funny. Well, we we did have a shopping. Exp- I don't like to shop. No, I know this is I I I just it's nice to have a wife that loves to do that. But yeah. we had my niece spend the night, and she's like, "All right, I'll I'll pick her up," and then we had to pick up some snacks and stuff. So we went to Target, and then I haven't been shopped. I haven't been to Target in months, maybe over maybe a year. So I was like completely gal. Target sucks though, so that's a good thing. It was completely galvanized. I was like Batman chapstick, and then. <laughs> <laughs> and then my, my niece, she's like fifth grade. She turns to my wife. She goes, we're going to lose him, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you stick with me. And I was like, you're fifth grade. You stick with me so we don't lose you. Yeah, yeah. It's easy to wander around in those places. Like, I, I hate Target. I, I really hate Target. You have a love-hate relationship with it, right? A little bit? Or just no, blatantly hate? No, I hate it. Right, I don't yeah. like the people in there. I don't like the layout. I don't like their products. But yeah. kind of sometimes it'll be like, oh, they have a baby yoda plush over here uh that wasn't on my list i guess but i guess i'm gonna pick that up now that'll happen i the only type of shopping i like unless i'm like shopping online for clothes is like um uh grocery shopping i love grocery shopping oh you do yeah i don't i love that we live in a country where we can go into a store and literally buy like any food that we want to eat I think that's exciting. I'll share a secret because we have listeners that are from outside of Minnesota. So I'll, okay. I'll share a secret. The best time to go shopping at the grocery store is when the Vikings are playing. Yeah. No, literally. I Trust me. Yeah. That is It's pretty des- true. Not before and not after. Definitely not And not before. at halftime. Do not make the mistake of doing it before. We did that last week where I don't remember what we needed. We needed something very specific. And so we had to go to the store. But I was with my partner – and I was like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm going to lose my mind in this Target. It was so busy. And I was like, did we just go to Target on a Sunday at, like, 11 a.m.? Yeah. And, like, that's where we went wrong. <laughs> that was the biggest mistake. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, yeah. I, I like grocery shopping. I like, like – I, I grew up where I didn't always have what I wanted in the house to eat or really a whole lot to eat. So it's, like, being able to have control and be like, you know what? I'm going to buy the ice cream. I'm going to buy the pizza. Maybe I'll buy a yeah. vegetable, but like it's it's just nice to have control over that. Yeah, there was a I can't remember the movie that we watched for Kyle Nick on film. Okay, I can't remember, but there was a scene with there. It's like 1987, and they had to go to the grocery store. Yeah, and I was like, oh my god! And they went to the cereal aisle, and so like the movie is 1987. And they went to the cereal aisle in the grocery store. And I was like, oh, yeah. oh, look at all the cereals! Like That's we got even bombarded me today. <laughs> like I'll go down there and I'll be like, oh my god, they have Pokemon cereal now. Well, I mean, I guess that is better than, like, honey bunches of oats. That's way more fun. So I'll just get that. We had Pac-Man cereal. Stop. <laughs> Pac-Man was a cereal. That is awesome. I know my my sister begged for a strawberry shortcake cereal. Oh, that strawberry sounds short- good. The strawberry yeah. shortcake Little Debbies. Have you had those? No. Those were insane. Really? I could talk about Little Debbie snacks for a long time. I, I had the Lady you. Gaga Oreos, and they were really or- good. They were, did you just say they were good? Yeah. They were? Yeah. I, everyone I, I talked to was like, they were awful. Maybe I have the wrong temperament taste buds. Well, I don't know. maybe, no, you have to, maybe like, that's a good thing. Maybe you have to take a couple shots of whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I never, I didn't try the Lady Gaga Oreos. Um, I just bought Girl Scout cookies yesterday. I don't, at the source, they had Girl Scouts. 
Yeah. And I was very excited about that. And that actually, that made me think, I was like, oh. You got to test your middle finger and thumb to see how many cookies you can get. Um, we were, school. we went in the car and my partner was like, do you want to eat some? And I was like, yeah, of course I want to <laughs> eat some. And he was like, okay, we'll just polish off this row real quick. And I was like, uh whole row of cookies and he was like yeah there's only four and i was like what what how that's not a row of cookies there was like eight in the box because you take your middle finger and your thumb and you see how many cookies can fit between that stack and you just like oreos like oh that's my stack yep exactly yeah yeah that is how we eat oreos actually (laughs) there's a writing adventure right there you gotta escape target oh god (laughs) That's a long book. <laughs> I do not like Target. It's because it's always like, in no shade to moms. Moms do your thing. Your mom and good for you. But it's always like moms and they're screaming kids, and they have like five of them. So it's, it's not the. It's just the people there. Yeah. yeah so much the store, but it's just... and it's the layout, and everything's too narrow to get your cart around, and then you bump into someone, and then you're like, oh no, I gotta because go they're that. Just, they're unaware of what's going on. They don't mind their surroundings. Yeah. Okay. I said this even before the pandemic, people do not pay attention to the other people around them. And like, yeah. especially now that I'm hypersensitive to it, they really don't. No, no. But yeah. It's hell. Mind your surroundings. That's why I don't go anywhere anymore. That's the first thing we learn about refereeing. Yeah. Don't work. You got to work on your peripherals. What's going on around you? Stay out of people's way. Stay out of people's way. I, Walmart is better than Target in terms of people always clown on Walmart. Like, oh, haha, people of Walmart. Like, no, those people keep to themselves. If I think I, I think I'll enjoy it, yeah, right. If I you subtract about thirty people from the store, I probably appreciate it more. I always go at like weird hours. I'll be like, yeah. I'm going to go at like seven a.m. when only like seniors are going and stuff like that. That's when you got to go. Yeah. So since this is a film podcast, <laughs> we'll stop talking about Walmart and Target now. <laughs> but I just want to get a little sample like of movies since it is yeah. kind of a you know a film podcast. So movie is buffling stuff like that. Is there something that inspires you like for artworks or something that you love or do you want to share about any kind of movies or films or anything like that? Yeah, I think in terms of stuff that inspires my artwork, I'm definitely a big Studio Ghibli fan. I love anything oh. like Hayao Miyazaki. So yeah. good. Um but in terms of like what I would consider my favorite movies, I think well, I have a Lord of the Rings tattoo, so we're going to roll with that. Um, oh, yeah. That came out right where the, you were yeah. the right time for yep, you. Yeah, exactly. I, I I like Harry Potter, too, but I definitely I don't really care about it as much as I like Lord of the Rings. Um, and then, like I was talking, I think I said this earlier, anything Kevin Smith I love. Yeah, Mallrats. Yeah, Mallrats. That's my favorite movie of all time. I had a When I went to film uh, studies at mm-hmm. the University of Minnesota, I remember the first day, because it was introductory to film, I remember my instructor... You're like, just for my amusement, just take a piece of paper out and write your two favorite movies. Mm-hmm. And if it's a Kevin Smith movie, you get an F. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to understand, this is like 1997. So, yeah. What would have even been out by then? Just Clerks? Clerks oh, well, and no, Mallrats would have been out Clerks by and Mallrats. Those are my top two. Yeah. That might not have been the class. You probably got an F. <laughs> yeah, I, I absolutely would have. That is, that's wild. Um, well, my last film... I wrote for uh-huh. for my film class because it was a two year study. Okay. So the last I think my last um, movie I critiqued was Fight Club. Oh, I love that. And I had to write a social the social commentary of Fight Club in the movie. I yeah. I like that movie, but I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh my god, it was the greatest movie ever. It's a good movie though. I'll give it that. Right. Have you read Chuck Palahniuk's other books? No, I have not. You really enjoy his books. I love books. Now you give right. me a reason to go to half price. It's really the ending dangerous. is totally different in Fight Club. Okay, they, I have heard that. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's like they're dead. 
You can interpret like they're they're dead because he talks about everything's white on white and white and either they're dead or he's in the psych ward because it's the same kind of atmosphere he's talking about. Yeah. Everything's on a schedule and time and we get our lunch and everything and everybody's calm and tranquil. And so he's like either he died or he's in the psych ward and stuff like that. Um, There are comic book sequels. Fight Club Part 2 and 3 are in comic books if you want to look for them. But You're I, giving me a lot of reasons to go places that I'm going to go and spend money now. Now I'm going to go buy books. But I do like his book, books. Choke. He wrote Choke, where the guy intentionally chokes himself in a restaurant and people save him and then they give him money. That's how he lives off of... And that's a movie, too. That's amazing. <laughs> that's, that's really interesting. He writes these bizarre characters yeah. that you there and dear. Um, I think the one of the Beautiful Monsters. Okay. I think the one where the person she's a model, but she got her... She tried to kill herself, and her she's she missing her jaw. And she tries. I shouldn't have laughed at that. That was. It's kind of that's his happened like Fight Club. And you're supposed to kind of laugh at yeah. the awkwardness, puppet. I remember that. It's a, one of his best, but it's hard. Okay. You cannot make that into a movie. You could yeah. make it a book, but the movie. I'm not going to try to spoil it, but yeah. it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Because she she discovers who she really is. Okay. But in the movie, you have to show who that person is. Yeah. But it's all her inner dialogue, and then she realizes, oh. I'm this person. Yeah. After looking in the mirror, so hmm. interesting books. Yeah. So there, cool. Chuck Palahniuk. There, there's your homework for today. There. Yep. Now, <laughs> I, now I got a reason to go buy more books, which we absolutely love. I, I love half price books. Sometimes I just go in there and I just like stack stuff up, and I'm like, this is what I'm doing today. <laughs> I love it. So, thank you, Baby Skulls Crusher, yes. for coming. Of course. We'll thank have you to come back me. on when you get a, a larger catalog. Yes, I love that. I, I thank you for having me. This has been really fun. And the hope of it, are you going to start your own show? Yes, I got the Skull Crusher cast that's going to start here in April. <gasps> okay, I'm really excited. We got a cool, a couple cool guests, including you. Lined yes. Up. yes, yes, yes. Um, I'll come yeah. in person if that's all mine. Yeah, I I don't know what my setup's going to be like yet. I I I don't know if I'm going to be doing that, but if I do, I don't mind. I, I used that. to travel all over all over this state for refereeing, so I don't mind traveling. And you can meet my dog. There you go. Yeah. Oh, the dog that was in the room has now left. <laughs> He's old. He wants his yeah. own time. So. He wants his space. So, as you know, it's not over till the guests say it's over. It's over. Oh, I love it. It's over. <laughs>